Hello everyone, I'm Sarah. Hi everyone, this is Dana. Welcome to OT Ladies. Welcome everyone. So welcome to our podcast today, The Entrepreneurial Mind. We're going to discuss some exciting things here. Yeah, super exciting. Even about pronouncing this to me sounds like super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jenna, tell us about so, it. Yeah, so um, I don't know for me, um, I, I have a hard time to say that entrepreneurial mind. Mm -hmm. I said it. Nice. <laughs> I have to slow down. But yeah, so I was thinking that it would be nice as an OTs, we can uh, talk about a little bit of what business is, how strong OTs are when it comes to entrepreneurship, and how OTs can become a great one in our field. That's a so, great topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Sarah, tell me about it. Did you guys have any any courses, like any business courses through your program? Absolutely not. So we oh. had <laughs> we had uh, some professional development courses, which were right. good. So the first first course for professional development was like ethics and you know how to be you know an ethical OT and document ethically and etc etc the second professional development I think that one would be probably more useful for someone interested in this kind of entrepreneurial like thought process creation development etc but there was mm -hmm. no specific business courses so it was kind of like there is this uh mindset of management and leadership and how occupational therapists are very holistic and that we can contribute mm -hmm. as a manager more so than maybe other fields not to put anyone down but maybe like physical therapy that isn't as dynamic and holistic in their training so we actually had some management course mm, aspect yeah. but nothing business only like I mean the money starting a business you know pitfalls nothing like that what about exactly. you Denna no that's the same thing with my school uh, we did have uh, just one uh, semester course talking about more occupational therapy manager or management course uh, which it was a very intense course going through everything uh, from starting a new business, coming up with the structures, uh, marketing, business plan, but it wasn't, it was very intense and um, we it didn't go through um, different aspects of opening a new business as an occupational therapist. And to be honest with you, I didn't really do well on that course because mm -hmm. it was very new I didn't I didn't come from any business um, background and never had any um, kind of entrepreneurial mind as um, you know as when you, I was in my undergrad it was just totally I was my undergrad was in OT and science so definitely there is not enough academic um, or educational courses through OT schools I don't know if it's through um, um, all, all the occupational therapy um, 
schools or is just like through the United States? I'm not sure. It's hard to say, but I feel like there's already so much in OT school that, you know, whether you're going for a master's program or doctorate level, that there's just so much to cover. You know, what is OT, treatment, uh, demographics, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, nine yards in terms of the things that we have to cover that, I mean, it's hard to think about inserting anything else right it's like there's already so much in our program and we cover so many fields it's like okay we have to have a class completely on peds completely on like geriatrics uh there's just so much from the mental health to the physical disabilities that i feel like at my program did a great job making the our our entire Mm -hmm. program i just don't see really a spot where they could have put that in I feel exactly. it comes upon the therapist to either, you know, either an undergrad have kind of explored a little bit more or mm-hmm. afterwards to kind of pursue a little bit of extra education extra on that. Education. You know, it's like, where would you put it in, in your program? Exactly. It's hard to say, right? So do you remember how many hours um, through your course? So how many hours was dedicated to the business course in your class? Uh, so there was nothing for the business, but there was probably at least one lecture. Our our program was about three hours per class mm-hmm. to an hour and a half, depending on the uh, class. It's hard to remember now, but I think most of my classes were like the three-hour blocks. Three hours, yeah. And I feel like one was all management and, you know, how to develop a team and how to approach conflicts within the team but it wasn't business itself. So I think that that was very valuable for interpersonal communications, but not necessarily for, you know, I want to make a business, where do I start? Which is what you have a lot of experience in, Dena. Can you so tell us you about feel, that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Did you feel, um, I was actually reading um, about an article that it was talking about the competence and occupation of therapy entrepreneur. Um, it was talking about what necessary skills an OT need to have to be able to be competent as an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. So basically, it was talking about that. And this article was um, published um, in actually it started like 1998, but then again published in 2018. They were saying that an, um, as an OT, once the OT graduate, um, having the clinical skills and hands on skills is not really enough to be competent if you want to have if you want to own a business or if you want to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. so totally um, the models that um, OTs use to do their clinical work or do their hands-on is very different uh, when it comes to the business model so it's totally a different skills that um, every OT needs to have so it was a very interesting um, article that I read and it was saying that definitely there is not even a very good way to judge entrepreneurs and then find out which ones are the good ones or what are uh, the society needs to focus on to become a very good entrepreneur broad field as a mm-hmm. you know to be just like an entrepreneur but um, so what do you think do you do you think is there is there is a way at school that they can measure competency level 
or it just depends on the school programs? Any ideas on that? It depends on the school because I feel like to get accredited for AOTA standards, you know, it's a process of they have to cover this, 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 and this. And they only have a certain amount of time. And I, I think that it would be hard to kind of throw in a business portion. But that doesn't mean there couldn't be like a continuing ed class for OT and business or additional certification or something like that. Because, you know, to go back and get a whole other bachelor's or, you know, an MBA or something like that on top of OT school, it seems a little excessive. But at the same time, maybe it would be helpful. It's hard to say. You have much more experience in this area than, than me, Dana. What do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, I don't know about the experience, girl. <laughs> I would say, I would say um, if they can include some of the prerequisites um, when uh, we start the program. Mm, um, that's a good idea. So, yeah, instead of, I mean, it's very necessary. We have like different chemistry, physics, math, yeah. or science courses, but we should have also more you know business related topics or courses also making sure we do have at least the basic the the, the foundation before we in, enter um the ot school so i really I like that i really like that because i think that it could be program specific but as ot's we're growing in our field immensely you know across the board across you know the nation the united states but also globally and I feel like in order to continue to develop OT, we have to be creative in the places that we enter. You know, we're going to talk a little bit more about some other kinds of business models, but the idea is that we need to grow as a profession. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means creating something new, developing something new, and that could be your own business. But if you don't have the skills to do that, it's hard. Exactly. Impossibly yeah. hard, to be honest. <laughs> Unless you have yeah. a strike of luck or you have some other kind of background or you know someone that is savvy in this world. So all really good points, Jenna. Yeah, yeah. So um, about my experience, um, I can tell a little bit about what I started about a year ago um, as a mobile outpatient OT. So I was feeling pretty much lost and I didn't know where to start. Mm -hmm. I, will, I knew that I like to be an entrepreneur and I like to have that um, autonomy and then kind of feeling of being independence when it comes to OT career. So um, it was hard to start, to be honest with you, but it's important to find what is your interest. Mm -hmm. finding your niche is very important at the beginning you might feel okay I'm interested in different um, areas I'm interested maybe in geriatrics and pediatrics so you have to find what is your interest I found that for me I like to work with adults Mm -hmm. And then once you know the interest, okay, so you want to do ortho, you want to do neuro, which again, I feel it's important to know what is your interest for me to open or to start an outpatient OT model. I found like I, I both like to work with neurology and orthopedic mm -hmm. complications at the same time. 
So that's, I guess that's just the beginning. That's just the start. Find out what you really want to focus on, mm-hmm. what you really want to do um, and be really good at it. So also I found some very great resources that I want to introduce um, everyone to read. Um, I don't know if you um, have if you've heard about these books that I want to mention, let me know what you think. So I started reading books and books to just increase my knowledge about where to start, how to start. Um, some of the books that I want to talk about it is one of them is Work Party by Jacqueline Johnson. And another book is called So You Want to Start a Business by Ingrid Thompson. And then also one of the last books that really helped me to kind of guide me through the business is called The Index Card by Helene Owen and Harold Pollack. Have you heard about any of these books, Sarah? Nope. (laughs) I was wondering uh, where would our listeners or where would I start? You know, these sound like three good titles. Is there one that's good to kind of get your feet wet in terms of... The business of world. It sounds course. like the index card was the one of the last ones you read that you kind of felt that maybe yeah, is that so kind of how how you felt there. I would say if if anybody wants to start, the best way to start is either um, so you so you want to start a business by mm-hmm. Ingrid or mm-hmm. the index card. Okay, I guess those two are the best ones to start. Okay. And the work party was a great book that's showing how women can be a great entrepreneurs in the oh. world. And I really like it because sometimes around the world, like, okay, let's just think globally again. Uh-huh. They think that the business world is all like belong to men, so they can be a very great entrepreneurs. But this book really proved it to me that there are so many great entrepreneurs around the world that um, they're so successful and it's not that difficult to become one. So that was such an inspiring book to me. That's great. Thanks for sharing those. Yeah, no worries. So, um, okay. So let's continue. Once we figure out what we want to really focus on, then it's a lot. I know it's a lot, but it's important to know where you want to start. What kind of a, a do you, what kind of a business model you want to go with? Mm-hmm. And I try not to go into really deeply into the business models, but um, to me, the business model can be um, so it, it can be just an outpatient. Um, it can be um, mobile outpatient. So it, it could be different. To me, I, I picked, I chose to do mobile outpatient, which is, I feel it's a very novel business model. Mm-hmm. And um, also you can choose to do either cash-based or go with the insurance. Um, there's different opinions about cash-based versus insurance. I know there are, um, that's a different topic. I, we can <laughs> talk about it, but yeah. I know there are a lot of, budget issues lately with the insurance Mm -hmm. however I chose a hybrid model Mm. which I would say a hybrid model is you can 
go with insurance, but you also can say if you have a cash-based patient, you can also be open to that idea. So I would call that a hybrid model. And then you have to, in your case, did you have to get approved by insurances individually? Yeah. Okay, so like you, you have to apply. That's probably another yes. topic in itself, but exactly. so it was a lot of work exactly. too, correct? Yes, it's, um, it, it was a lot of work, a lot of paperwork. Mm -hmm. And we can um, always, um, if we have um, people that are interested to know, we can always go through those steps mm -hmm. to have to apply for the insurance, mm -hmm. what are the necessary steps to go. Every state are different. We're talking about um, state of California, but um, the, the majority of states actually follow the same rules and guidelines. Um, we can always talk about that on a different, you know, podcast mm -hmm. for sure. But yeah, it's, 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 uh, for me, it took about six months to eight months to complete all the paperwork. Oh my gosh. And how many insurances did that include? Was that just per insurance took like that long to, to sign up, to get approved, to get your paperwork? Or did you like pick a couple? So I picked for now, I pick only one insurance. Okay which for me is Medicare Part B. Okay, the big one. Um, <laughs> yes, the big uh -huh. one. Yes. That's, that's a big beast. Honestly, I would call it the Medicare beast. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. It, yes, and it, it, it was hard, but worth it. So I, um, I don't want anybody to just get a feeling of a fear of how to start or how to deal with it. We can always educate everyone about the necessary steps to take. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm willing to talk about this on a different podcast. Um, so um, let us know if you need to really go through these steps. Mm -hmm. So that was another um, way of, yes, like finding about what kind of an insurance um, your state uh, covers and um, how many insurance you want to just have a contract with. Um, so that's another uh, part and step to, um, mm -hmm. to start a business and going from there. Yeah. Um, however, um, not only considering the insurance, it's also important to know your market. It's important to know the target, the population that you're targeting. Um, be interested or someone might be interested in pediatrics. So you want to know if the city that you live in, does that have a good amount of, um, you know, young population or someone who is interested to address um, geriatric, you need to know that target population well. So that includes part of it, like marketing, which is another topic that we can always talk about the marketing. Yep. <laughs> so do you have any any um, marketing ideas as an OT? Do you have any ideas or what do you think? How, how, how we can market as an OT? I think social media is a big one. You know, using different platforms like nowadays Instagram, Facebook. People are using TikTok, you know, YouTube. There's a lot of that. There's, of course, the traditional ones, which are you know, word of mouth, reputation, especially, and it depends on your, your population, right? If you're working with a younger population, TikTok and Instagram are great. If you're working with the geriatric population, you know, putting yourself out there in terms of reputation, word of mouth, uh, even uh, being in the flyer, like a bulletin in the church, it depends, right, on your exactly. population. And I think, too, as 
the aging population continues to age, you know, who's geriatric 20 years ago is different than now. So exactly. I have found that, like, for example, in, in our hospital, and our, and our previous uh, talk was on telehealth, is that a lot of the baby boomers, not all of them, but a lot, are actually interested in the telehealth and the technology aspect. So I think that in general, that is always a good medium is having that as a resource. And what is good for marketing today might not be good tomorrow. I mean, not day to day, but years, you know, and being open to multiple avenues. And as you mentioned, marketing is not just one other episode we could do, but multiple. There's a lot there. There's a whole field for marketing, (laughs) as you know. So let's just save that for another topic. Yes. We can go on and on and on about it. Yes. 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 And then moving forward, um, I know so many of our audiences uh, were questioned, like having questions about Okay, so what is the DBA? I don't know if you heard about it or not. So DBA, do business as, um, it's a kind of like a business license that some some OTs start with also to begin with, or they just use their own name mm-hmm. as a DBA, which, which is different state by state, city mm-hmm. by city. But something that I want to just um, briefly mention, a DBA is a do business as, and depends on what city you live in, you might need to have a DBA for sure Mm -hmm. to start a business. Also, there are different um, structural um, or business structures that we can talk about it. And again, I try not to go into details. LLC versus the C or S corporate. Um, so I personally started with LLC. And that is a limited liability corporation. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. That's correct. Uh-huh. Yes. So basically for the state of California, I don't know if that's different state by state, um, a single or solo entrepreneur can use limited liability corporation or LLC to protect the name and then her own business, his own business. So it's not a very cheap, um, actually, structure because at the end of a year, the, the taxes, it's a little bit high on it mm-hmm. versus going um, so or just using your name which okay. is a less paperwork. However, I, I felt like personally, I want to go with LLC because I just want to, you know, um, as a single member on the LLC, just protect my, uh, the business or whatever I do as an OT. Mm-hmm. But again, there are different structures. Um, there are different structures that definitely we can, um, we can go through that um, next time. Um, and it helps kind of like OTs know which route they want to take. For sure, I can tell or S corporates are for shareholders or stockholders and we're not even there so either yeah, that's as you grow no. and if you become a business that's you know how, how many people exactly. would be in a C or S corporate level would you think Jenna I guess there would be definitely more than two or three okay but so I'm not yes if okay. I'm not um, if I'm not correct, you can um you can always correct me or leave me a comment. But I guess it's definitely more than two okay. or three. Yes, and then um LLC can be single versus um I guess with the, with the partner. But also there is another structure called partnership that there are partners mm-hmm. 
So um, there are um, not only the partners, um, they can be partners, they can be family members on that partnership. Okay. And most common, I guess, is just using a solo or just uh, using the names. I, I've seen most OTs sometimes use their, just their names. And, and then they go with the DBA. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Do you know what the uh, prices are like for generally, at least in this state, as a ballpark for sole proprietorship versus LLC? Are we talking about hundreds of dollars, thousands yes, of dollars? Yes, we are. We are talking about hundred hundred dollars okay. or more than that. Okay. Um, at the end of a year, also the taxes are actually expensive on LLC versus the single or solo. Mm -hmm. um, structure so LLC is about actually more than a five hundred for state of California. It's about a seven hundred dollars between five hundred seven hundred on taxes. Um, I'm not sure about the prices of others. I'm sure the CNS corporates cards for because it's for the big corporates and then stockholders are more expensive. Mm -hmm. The less expensive is if you go with your solo um, or just the name, using your own name. Okay. That would be the less expensive um, structure. Okay. And again, it's important to know what structure you're going or choosing because at the end of a year, you have to claim it on your taxes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that was just the structures that I want to briefly talk about. We can definitely go into details and talk about different structures, talk about marketing and what are some of the great way of marketing, great ways of marketing for OTs in the future. So, so Sarah, I have a question for you. What are some of the pitfalls as an entrepreneur that we might actually face with or... Well, I think challenges. from what I've read and what I've seen, I think there there's positives and negatives. But the first one, at least in our region, our part of the world, is you don't have time off. You don't have sick time. You have to claim self-insurance. So health care is a big issue in this part of the world in the United States, you know, you're not under a company to give you insurance. So you pay at a very high rate, if that's the case, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes. So that's definitely an issue. And I was just pulling up Google because I was wondering, you know, what are the percentage of small businesses that fail? I wanted to know that. So just the first yeah. thing that came up on Google is within the first year, 20% of small businesses fail and within five years 50 percent of small businesses fail in america in the united states so it's a high number and it, it takes it takes more than just oh i have this great idea i'm going to be xyz it takes business knowledge it takes location it takes also a little bit of luck despite you know all of the things exactly. that you could kind of come up with in terms of logistics so it's multifaceted so there's i think the main pitfall i would say that an entrepreneur would make is to assume it's easy you know it's it's not it takes a lot to have a business and to create something that's successful and you probably have uh, more uh, to talk about in terms of that than me as you've 
you've done that yourself. So what yeah. do you think, Dana? Do you have anything yeah. uh, to add to I that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with uh, what you mentioned to me. Um, definitely, definitely, it's it's kind of you have to know yourself pretty well. Like for me, some people say, hey, I, I want to just finish work and go home and not deal with any kind of a job <laughs> or any type of an OT related um, job at home. But for me, I, I love what I'm doing. So as a as an entrepreneur i feel like i don't mind to deal even with ot when i go home <laughs> i still think about how i can market how i can make marketing better That's how awesome. i can change that this part of business so you have to really get to know yourself well when if you want to really go that route and mm -hmm. of course there is um when as an entrepreneur if you if you are 100 percent putting your time as an entrepreneur um, there is no you have to make you ha you have to balance out everything every aspect of your life your family your loved ones um, the leisure your self-care you have to make sure you take care of everything and um, there is no such a thing like sick time when you are an entrepreneur there is no <laughs> such a thing like vacation time yeah and, and um, no uh, yeah so there is uh, those are all um, aspects that um, everyone should really consider before even thinking about. Especially in the beginning, because if your company, let's say, takes off and you have multiple therapists or multiple providers or, you know, business people with you, then you maybe can take a vacation here and there, but you might have to take calls. Just the idea that you can't think, oh, I'm going to be able to take a vacation all the time. You don't know exactly. if that's going to be what happens. It's kind of a lot of exactly. things up in the air and being flexible, all the above. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because um, at the beginning, um, as a great entrepreneur, it's important to make sure yeah, that you're you're really working on on a business, making sure everything is going smooth, make, making sure whoever you're hiring, um, you know, is getting getting paid on time. So I guess. For me, I don't have any employer on me. It's just me because it's a very new, um, new start for me, and a new. It's a beginning. But I guess one of the one of the areas we should um, every entrepreneur really needs to focus on um, if their employees are getting paid on time, and mm -hmm. that's another area that it's important for OTs to consider. Mm -hmm. And again, um, it's it's a burden, but. To me, it's worth it as um, I, I'm, I enjoy what I'm doing and it's a challenge for me. Mm -hmm. And again, if you know yourself well and then you want to see if you're a person that you can go into this route, this path, um, so then you can, you're ready. So you have to really think about it. And um, also, I think, yeah, it's at the beginning, it's very difficult marketing is a totally um different you know i guess a different carrier <laughs> for itself yeah so as an ot i guess as an entrepreneur um we i wear different hats <laughs> so yes i'm a marketer and then i become a clinician and then i do admin time i do admin job and i do have some ad i make sure just have some admin time to myself then I need to balance out, you know, 
my family and other stuff that going on. Self-care, doing exercises, that's very important to consider. But also there are positives. There are definitely positives um, down the road. So do you, what are you thinking that some of the positives would be uh, to be an entrepreneur? Well, I think, I think the obvious is your own flexibility. You make your own schedule. You have your own workflow. Mm-hmm. You're your own boss. You know, it's a way of, you know, being free from the system of, you know, you have to be eight to five, you know, you do what you want. You're an entrepreneur. It's your own business. And then there's the excitement of seeing something that you created, you know, grow into a business and basically seeing the fruitation of your efforts. So I think that's probably definitely the main positive there as well as, you know, the success and, and having your own your own thing going exactly just being your own boss Mm -hmm. and having the flexibility and you know not dealing with that routines of nine to five or seven thirty to four (laughs) thirty and just being able to take off whenever you want to hallelujah yes (laughs) (laughs) well i think this was a great discussion done i really enjoyed you walking us and me through this whole thing as i have no experience with creating your own business as you do. So thank you for this talk today. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for um, your ideas and opinions. And that, that was very helpful. And I want our OTs around the world, if they have any comments, uh, feel free to leave, a, uh, to leave a comments for us. And if they want us to talk about more um, marketing or the mobile outpatient, uh, which is a great um, bridge between, you know, the gap of the home health and outpatient. Feel free to ask us and then we will definitely cover it over the next few podcasts in the future. And I would love to end our podcast with this quote of the day. It's um, from Barbara Corcoran of the Shark Tank. I don't know if anybody sees that um, TV show. Mm-hmm. So she says, if you are the boss, then you can make your job whatever you want it to be. So I really love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone. We will talk to you next time on OT Ladies. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Be safe out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.